All right, we're back after a sort of extended break for probably the most depressing basement breakdown in a while, considering last year's run. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we're going to kind of gloss over the USC victory, seeing that now kind of doesn't even matter. Um, and we'll get into covering the Michigan game and look forward to Virginia Tech. So start off with Jack, who was there in Ann Arbor. Yeah, so I was uh, fortunate to be up in the box out of the rain. Uh, the Irish had a bye week. They had two full weeks to get ready, and they came out flat. Their offense struggled early. Michigan tried to give them a gift with a roughing the punter. They tried to give them a gift with a partially blocked punt that uh, Michigan was able to recover after kind of a mental mistake by the Irish, which I would argue is the play of the game, if Crazy. there was one. Um, and then Michigan – didn't look back. They pounded the ball that drive. got a field goal, uh, a touchdown, an X drive. They had 10 points before they completed a pass. Uh, at the end of the first half, it was 17 to nothing. They completed two passes. Uh, while the Irish continued to try to mix in their run and pass, they went run, run, pass a lot. They couldn't get anything going in the run game. They had 15 attempts for 20 yards at halftime. Uh, Ian Book didn't do a whole lot better. Uh, and then in the second half, they came out and really tried to throw the ball, uh, and that didn't really work. Uh, they were gifted uh, an extension on their first touchdown drive with a pass interference penalty that Michigan fans certainly didn't care for. I can see why. Uh, but that led to a seven-yard touchdown to Cole Komet for perhaps Notre Dame's lone bright spot of the game. Uh, and then it was all Michigan. I mean, they kept the ball on the ground. They finished the day with 303 yards rushing. Uh, they ran the ball, I think it was 57 times, yeah. uh, whereas Notre Dame went for a much more balanced attack uh, in you know, extremely wet, difficult passing conditions. Uh, they still continued to try to throw the ball. Uh, and you know, the, the second teams ended up getting in, and by the time you even opened your eyes, it was 45-7. to uh, A Javon McKinley touchdown at the end from Phil Dracovic uh, made it 45-14, to but Harbaugh was out for blood. He was coaching for his job, and uh, he certainly got it done. So, yeah, that was basically yeah. basically it. It was def- not a whole lot of positives from that one if you're an Irish fan. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Jonathan Jones touching that ball on the block pump is, like, the most mind-boggling thing I've ever seen. I don't, I just don't understand how you would ever think about touching that. And I would agree that, like, that completely changed the momentum because it looked – I mean, the first whatever it was, five minutes watching that, it was like Michigan looks flat as they have. And it was like, and they're gifting us, you know, with the roughing the punter and stuff. Um, yeah, but I mean, like, even even so, I mean, yes, it is, it is a momentum shifter, and I think that changes the complexion of the game early because Notre Dame is now, if not in field goal range, very close to field goal range. Yeah. Maybe you can just get there. Then maybe the rain messes you up on a kick, though. You never Fair. know. But it changed the field position yeah, game completely. That's true. But the, the, the fact is that Notre Dame came out uh, – just not prepared. Like, yeah, and you just have to think about how much the weather played in. Which, as the preface, clearly you can hear from my voice that I'm still recovering from that dumpster fire. I'm never returning to the state of Michigan ever again. But you have to think about the fact that Notre Dame in those conditions has to run the ball, and Notre Dame is terrible at running the ball. So how much does that tip the game in Michigan's favor before it even gets started? Yeah, I think it was kind of a matter of time before this lackluster offense that we've been seeing all season catches up and the defense isn't able to get it done. And um, 
when we don't have any options, when our go-to play is Cole Komet, which is great, but when you can't do that through the air with that type of weather, then you're going to get beat by 31, whatever. Yeah. It's, it's just maddening that at Georgia, the team didn't seem prepared for the crowd noise. Mm. In Michigan, they're not prepared for the weather or the run game or whatever it was. And two weeks to prepare, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just – it's it's that feels like a coaching issue. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, even, like, talking about preparing, it's like, dude, it's a rainstorm. Do you think they're going to run the ball? Yeah. Probably. The collect- um, I think the collective feeling of the Notre Dame fan base was encapsulated by when Notre Dame was down, I think it was 10-0 still in the first half. And on a third down, Book was in the pocket, and you saw just basically what encaps- has encapsulated his Notre Dame starting career – where he just panicked and dove to the ground. Like he was going to try and run for the first down, then he knew he wasn't going to get it, so he just went to the ground. And my dad just stood up and said, all right, I'm going to bed. Have a good night. And I think something that struck me too was if you look at Ian Buck's stat line and Phil's stat line, they're pretty much identical, but for the fact that Book played three and a half quarters and Phil played half of one. So, like, they both had a touchdown. They had pretty comparable yards, I think. Like, like, somewhere in the 70s, Phil was around, like, 60. Um, I think that's just so poignant and just, like, signifies so clearly the fact that Book couldn't get anything started. Kind of like the five stages of grief. For the first time in my Notre Dame fandom, I have experienced kind of the three stages of being a Notre Dame fan during a – bad loss where it started out with fire chip long and then it went to bench Ian book and then it went to Phil Dracovic could not have done anything to make that game better Notre Dame was going to lose no matter what and you just got to accept that yeah 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 just overall bad um, bad. I think we're all depressed. Everyone's yeah. pretty quiet. <clears throat> South, South Dining Hall yeah. basement's even more depressed. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. I don't know about you guys. I don't feel like the whole thing was kind of a weird experience just because, like, oh, you lost right before. Oh, yeah. And there was, a, like, I guess there was this idea that suddenly, like, we're back in the conversation among some yeah. people. I never really processed it that way. So it's like I never even got my hopes up. And then the wind just kind of seemed fitting, and it was like, all right, right. Let, that's just how the day is going to end. Yeah. But, the sad thing is that it really doesn't shock me that Notre Dame got blown out. This was not an inconceivable result for me. I could have seen this happening. I was shocked. I, I really, I was surprised. I mean, it's, it's. I mean, I thought it was very unlikely. Yeah. It, but it, it still is not out. It was never outside of the realm of possibility for me. I, I'll be the first to admit. I looked past Michigan, and they played a really good game. I mean, <sighs> Shea Patterson was not good. He completed six of twelve passes, yeah. and that backwards lateral with his left hand was the stupidest play I've ever seen a quarterback make, (laughs) but they, they're running backs. I mean, you know, the wet, the water, you know, the slipperiness made it difficult to tackle and Notre Dame's linebackers struggled and Michigan's players tackled better. Um, But it, I mean, this just goes to show that Notre Dame it's, it's a very sobering look at where Notre Dame really is. It was shocking to me just because I thought that, Georgia was going to ground and pound and destroy the Irish. And when that didn't happen, I, I thought our run defense was stout. Like yeah. it was, I, I was shocked to see them just gouge us up the middle. I mean, like, yeah. I think, I think 
They had six runs of 20 yards or more. Yeah. And I don't think – did Notre Dame have any? I mean, it was, I, I don't remember. Not that I remember. It no. was a um, – yeah. Notre Dame had 47 total yards rushing. Yeah. Their yeah. highest their, – their three leading rushers were Jameer Smith, 15 yards on five carries, Tony Jones, 14 yards on eight carries, Ian Book, 13 yards on six carries. Yeah. Yeah, I mean – after that Georgia game, I remember I was I said like we were a top five football team, which I mean I couldn't have been more wrong about something. <laughs> and I think it was Charlotte who brought this up too. Like she noticed how seniors get a little more positive about Notre Dame football, and I was very negative last year. And I always thought that loss was coming, and I just and it just never came until Clemson, obviously. But and then this year I was more positive, but I think like deep down I knew that we we just like weren't good. I mean. We're just not – we got exposed. Like, we're just not a good football I think, team. I think saying we're not good might be hard. No, we're good. We're, we're a top 25 We, we are not we are. in this – really. I don't wow. think we're in the same elite conversation that we pretend yeah. to be. And I don't think Michigan is either. Mm. But I think because of that, when we don't show up, we right. have the potential to get blown out by any decent team. Right, right. Especially in conditions like that yeah. on the road at an environment like mm. Michigan. Yeah. Well, I think – okay, well, I, I don't know if we're like – you could talk about top 25 or whatever. I personally think that in the rankings, like, the difference when you get past, like, say, 17, maybe even that two genres, maybe 15, I think the difference between, like, number 18 in the nation and number 36 that isn't listed a lot of the times isn't that big. Because how do you, after eight weeks of football, differentiate between the 23 and the 31 or, like, whatever it is? So That's I don't think – yeah. And like you'll see, all these teams jump into the rankings, and, and you know, and it keeps moving back and forth. But you just tend to pay less attention to the top at this time of the year because everyone's concerned with who's in contention for the college football playoff. So yeah, we may be like top twenty-five. I don't know how much that means though. I don't think that we're even close to a top ten football team. And I don't know. I just think we're like I think we're very mediocre. Like if you put us in any of the Power Five conferences, we'd probably we'd probably finish middle of the pack. Yeah, I can actually see that. The yeah. thing is. Um, I like Ian Book, and I, I really hesitate to criticize players because I, if I were, you know, I just think about like that. It's hard to do what you're doing. You're playing against some really talented people, like, and football is just a, a game that takes a lot of, you know, mental faculties. It takes a lot of processing. It's every, you know, decision impacts the game, and so I hesitate to criticize Ian Book, but man. Like, you got to look downfield because I was really criticizing Chip Long right after the game for his play calling. But the Notre Dame receivers were open. And I know it was raining, but it wasn't raining that hard that, like, Notre Dame's receivers are talented. Like, and they made a couple of tough catches. In the yeah. Game. And, uh, to speak to passing in the rain, obviously very difficult. First drive of the game, Ian Book and Chase Claypool connected on a great back shoulder pass on third down. And Don yeah. Brown's defense is predicated on bringing pressure and leaving his corners on an island. And Chase Claypool has won basically every jump ball this year. Yeah, you're a lot nicer than me. I I have no problem criticizing Ian Book yeah. as I. Ask I him. wish we had Win Bush because oh, yeah. being a, me. here's the thing: being from Kentucky <laughs> and and Kentucky football's expectations are a lot lower. But in case you guys don't know, which I assume you don't, <laughs> their starting quarterback tore his I think PCL, and then their backup quarterback, who was a graduate transfer from Troy, had a really good game against Florida, even though they lost. And then he hurt his shoulder and wrist and couldn't throw. Yeah. Our third string quarterback was hurt in the preseason. So we went to our fifth string quarterback, no, fourth string, who is our slot receiver, Lynn Bowden. 
and he has been killing it. And he can't throw a pass. Yeah. The only passes they throw with him are deep balls because that way, even if it gets intercepted, it's basically a punt. So, like, Book needs to stop being so scared to turn the ball over. I, I, yeah, I just have no problem criticizing Ian Book. As someone <laughs> yeah. who pays a monthly tuition bill, <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's the first Paying point. Customer, yeah. Second point, Paying yeah, I, I wrote a column about this, and I was telling Hayden and um, Connor before this, I got absolutely roasted on Facebook for this column. But I think he has not improved from last year. No. I mean, yeah, like you said, Jack, I hesitate to use word that he's regressed, but – Honestly, what kind of disaster was that? Right. Like, he just took – he had every opportunity to improve in the offseason. He clearly didn't take advantage of it. Brian Kelly's giving him way too much leeway. As a captain, as your starting quarterback, there's no quarterback controversy. He's just giving – he has way too much flexibility, and, and he's going to be the starter no matter what. And I think that that's just completely cost him the The thing yeah. is, something just happened to Book at the end of last season. I think I heard someone say that it was when – he get, broke his ribs in the Northwestern game. Mm. Something else broke with him mm. because he's been scared ever since to take any deep shots. Like he's thrown five touchdown passes against their last five power five opponents. I yeah. think. See, I but, think he doesn't have that like killer instinct that is needed. And with the exception of Georgia, he has cracked every time they've been in a major matchup. And made, even Georgia. And even Georgia, yeah. He, he played he, admirably at Georgia, I felt like. Like, if you told me going I don't know. In, Claypool gets a good yeah. special teams but, play. Cole mm-hmm. Komet comes out. Yeah. Like, silly, still, silly interception even if, on a, But even on if you told Twitter. me going into that game that, noted, that Ian Book was going to come out with over 200 yards passing, a couple of touchdown passes, and even two interceptions, I'd be like, all right. He, fine, he didn't crack, yeah. but he did not rise to the end. He didn't look that, I yeah. think it's fair to say that we we needed A-plus quarterback play in yeah. that game, and we got A-minus or B-plus. Which was respectable, but... Right. you gotta you got to acknowledge the fact that they only had like 46 yards rushing in that game, I think. Like they had no run game whatsoever in that game either. Like he was, yeah. he was really left on an island there, well, and he stepped up. So. I mean, I, we're talking about like all the stuff that Ian Book has to do. If if you continue to, if like Ian Book comes back, he has another year of eligibility. Does he, he could? Yeah. Could, yeah. I mean, you can't start Ian Book next year, right? Like that's I crazy. Think, I think. I mean, I oh think it's God. honestly at this point. Who does the thing? Is, I don't care. I play. Here's anyone. the thing. It's time to part ways. Like Here's he might, the, he might have redeeming qualities. He's not a championship quarterback. I struggle with the idea of if, parting ways. Yeah, I, I think it's uh, here's the thing. Well, part ways by like bench or like go somewhere else. I, I mean, well, well, no. If if he's not going to start, it makes no true. sense for him to he return. Should stay they should play. exactly. So they should make it clear either way. Here's the thing. He's if he does come back, which I mean, at this point, I mean, he doesn't really have any other options. Yeah, he's not going to go to the he's, NFL. He's he's got the preferential treatment as the starting quarterback, which unless Drew Pine is a revelation as a true freshman, and Phil Dracovic suddenly starts like making better decisions, because against Bowling Green, they had to call a timeout because he was reading off the dummy playbook instead of the real one. Look, I'm not saying, don't, don't we have a true freshman coming in? Yeah, that's Drew Pine. Yeah, yeah so unless he's a revelation... And I mean, I'm Tyler Buckner and anyone. 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 If it's like maybe a bad, it's not a, it's like a bad relationship. Yeah, maybe it's not apocalyptic. Apoc- like apoc- the bad, and they blew and, up the whole team. <laughs> yeah, it's tragic. And you're and you're fine with keeping book in, <laughs> but then that means you're settling for less in the championship. You're not winning a national yeah. championship. So, you're, so, so my question would be this: Then you said that you think that Notre Dame's like a board, one of the borderline fringe top twenty-five teams. Do you think this that, year? Yeah. This year? Do you think that that could change if there's if if someone else on the roster was a quarterback? 
well, I don't, I don't know, but there's a better, Honestly, there's a better chance right now of us being a put, top twenty-five I, team just I because that, we know so. that we can't be a top twenty-five team or a, like a that elite top ten team with book. So why not like put Komet at quarterback? He's already a pitcher and he's got the arm. <laughs> like, like, I'm wind up every time. I think that it's it's like <clears throat> it's easy to say that when you win like ten games in a year that because you didn't go to the title or you didn't go to a really really prestigious bowl game. <clears throat> That the year was a bust, but I think the floor is a lot lower than people realize. Like, if, if you're really, if the goal is really to go to the CFP or nothing else, and we're going to try quarterbacks to see if we can just find lightning in a bottle, right. then that, then I think that's fine. But I think that what comes with that is that you know you start Dracovic or a true freshman or something like that. It's a five and seven, six and six years, way more in play. Than right, that's that's totally fair. So I guess what our our what we're disagreeing about is the expectations of Notre Dame. So yeah, yeah fine, you could start in book, but then don't claim to be we're in Notre Dame, one of the greatest football programs ever, and we we're about championships. Then you can't you can't claim that if you start in book next year. You could say we're in Notre Dame, we want to make a nice bowl game, maybe go down to Florida for a weekend and play Kansas State in the Camping World Bowl, yeah. and it'll be fun for everyone, which is fine if that's the program you want to be. But if you want to be a t- an elite program, you can't play Ian Book again. You but just you, can't. But do you really think that, that you know, Drew, Drew Pine is going to start the CFT? Next I have year? no idea. Maybe. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, a young guy, took, took Clemson. Trevor room. Lawrence is once in a generation. Man. Okay, but how do you know Drew Pines? No, I'm not I'm not saying I don't know enough about Drew Pines to like, start going on about that. But I mean, I think there should you be. You know Ian Book. I think there should be a battle. I think it should be. I think there should be competition in camp. But I, I don't think that it's like a foregone conclusion that we're worse off than looking for that. Worse off compared to what, though? We don't know what lies out there. We do know that. I no, no. I think, it should be, I think it should be an open an open competition, but I don't think that I, – I, I don't agree with the assessment that, like, we can't have Notre Dame or, or we can't have Ian Book. Like, Look, the fact of the matter is Notre Dame got – Well, this year I don't care what you do. The season's over. But, like, yeah. next year I'm saying if you let him – I mean, I guess let him come back is interesting. You know, he'd come back if he wants. But, like, like you you have to I, – I think you have to make it clear. Like, look, you, you just – we can't start you at quarterback last year. Like, you saw what happened at Michigan, right? We, we can't do that. This is – the thing is just that Notre Dame – got a taste of what it gave USC in 2017. Because they crushed USC, and Brandon Wimbush completed 9 of 18 passes. The other night, Shea Patterson went 6 of 12. I mean, like, you're just not – and I agree with you. You're not on that championship caliber, not right. even top 10 level, yeah. if you're if you're losing and, like that. And people were very critical of Notre Dame hanging on to Wimbush for too long. So, like, do you want to let that same thing happen with Book if it's the same deal? Like – I mean, I'm not saying Book is like a like a terrible quarterback or whatever. He, you know, like he showed a lot of promise at certain points last year with his accuracy and stuff. And like we even talked about him a couple of weeks ago. I was like, maybe he's a top ten quarterback. I think clearly we can say he's not. But but like you, you just can't have that like Notre Dame level of expectations and have that like typical Notre Dame fan who still thinks that like Notre Dame is ohio state like alabama clemson level and then also say like ah we'll give book another try yeah someone said i heard someone say that notre dame's problem partly is that the over the last few years they they were aside from the last couple when clemson has just been killing at recruiting the years before they them and notre dame were pretty even in the recruiting rankings right but the thing was clemson was getting like the non-skill position play the really good skill position players and then their non-skill position players, like their linemen, they were teaching and building up. Right. Notre Dame was getting the really good like linemen, and then they were getting the kind of next tier 
skill right. position players, and you can't teach speed. Mm-hmm. You can't teach the skill positions yeah. like you can build up an offensive right. line. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I think to me, the word that sticks out to the Fresno team is just complacency. I feel like, can you think of, honestly, even like one captain who has exceeded your expectations for this season? I cannot think like Chris Fink has not panned out. Ian Book has not panned out. A couple have lived Only up below, to maybe below. Well, he's, he's not a captain. Not a, captain. a couple have lived up. The to defensive a, unit looks okay. Yeah, but, but, but they about, haven't exceeded. Think enough. about our expectations for the secondary. Cool. I yeah. don't know what that well, secondary is. Be the best Jay, part of our defense. Jalen Elliott and Alohi Gilman have not exceeded expectations, no, but Alohi, they've lived up to them. I yeah, feel like. I just, I just and, think that everyone had all like these. Really grand delusions. Julian O'Quara has been Notre really. Dame. Julian O'Quara has really been a just, disappointment. This but season just like too. yeah, I think that during the off season, Notre Dame had every opportunity to take advantage of like ride high on this on this college football playoff, and they just completely squandered it. And it makes sense to me that we're not good this year. I mean, yeah. we're good. Okay, let's be clear. I don't think, uh, by Notre Dame's but expectations. It depends, but- because by Notre just, Dame expectations, we aren't good. That's the point. Like we just made we're the saying CFP, the word, so we're a little. But what kind of program do we want to be? That's, yeah, we want to like, be a championship so then, then so then we're not good. We are underperforming, but we are good. We're a good team. We are a good team. Though, even the way you say that is like kind of demeaning. Like we're a good team. Like, yeah, I know. I shouldn't <laughs> have to say that. That is in itself disappointing. It, it, having seen the four and eight year and some of the Charlie Weiss years and stuff like that, like I think there is something to be said for. Winning ten games, like like there is, yeah. like I don't think, like, <laughs> and that's fine. Yeah, like like I don't think that. I mean, to lose to the the way that our schedule panned out is unfortunate because we were you can kind of win ten games and look back at it and not really point at any games that were even impressive. Mm-hmm. So I agree with what you're saying from that perspective, but I think that in an average year where Notre Dame's schedule is a little tougher, ten wins where Notre Dame is, I don't think it's something to completely turn your nose. No, out. it's just kind you of know? sad that it's it seems like that is the ceiling now, right? And I don't know. Even uh, obviously, like Alabama is a different story. Fine, Clemson in recent years is a different story. But look at like Ohio State. Ohio State. I can't imagine Ohio State as a program looks at like ten wins and says, "Well, well you know, don't turn your nose at ten wins now." Like that's yeah. you know what I mean. Like I, I just maybe I'm wrong about that. I just but maybe this is me being like a a, a pessimist in a more macro sense. But I just don't <laughs> think Notre Dame's Ohio State right now. No. Oh, neither do Absolutely. I. Absolutely. Well, I'm saying if we want to, if if they want to be at that level, then you can't be, you know. I this might be like people might not like this take, but I think it's hard to be at that level as a tiny Catholic school in Indiana. That's, like, that's I, my thing. I think it's, it's like, just really. I know, think it's just inherently. If you're some hard. kid from like a warmer part Tuscaloosa. from California, from Alabama, you're not wanting to come to Indiana. <laughs> Inwood school is hard. I mean, yeah. Cardell Jones, who oh. could forget? I didn't come here to play school. <laughs> Everybody at Notre Dame did come here to play school, unfortunately. Shout out to Cardell's group for getting his degree. Cardell yeah. Jones for getting his degree. By yeah, he played for the, the Destroyers or whatever the, the DC Defenders. Yeah. Yeah, they the, always struggle right around about. midterms week, and that's, it's reasonable. Notre Dame is a prestigious academic institution, and as a result, it it, it does it impacts the play on the field. I don't buy that, though, because, like, <laughs> well, first of all, I mean, we could talk about how much work athletes do or whatever, and, like, 
you know, we don't need to, we don't need to get into that. Drew Tranquil like, was a mechanical engineer. Oh, oh yeah. Oh. Tell me more about Drew Tranquil. <laughs> <laughs> um, the golden boy. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, yeah, that's is, the most Notre Dame thing ever. Talking um, about your linebackers' he, GPA. He is oh an unrealistic standard for, um, for the sake of our many viewers at home, <laughs> listeners, listeners. I'm sorry. For the sake of our many listeners at home. Do we want to shift this conversation to Virginia Tech, or, or do we still have a few points that we want to um, tackle? I don't know. The only last thing I'll say is that I've I've thought like before about like oh, like yeah, of course, you know, a Catholic school in Indiana, you, you might be at like a disadvantage for recruiting. I think that's fair, but I don't buy that narrative anymore because I do think that like top recruits have it. They care about football in a way where playing the opportunity to play for like a historically esteemed program that I think Notre Dame is, I think that gets them. I think it gets to a few of them. I think it has to. Like I I imagine if I was a football player like that playing on the highest level, like the opportunity to just play for Notre Dame, even though it's not in Southern California, like I just think that has to get you like if you're a real football guy. But yeah. Um I guess does anyone else have anything? Because I have the last word here, and it's kind of a de- it's kind Maybe of it's a, got a hilly, no, what's a it's kind of a depressing mm-hmm. note. But it, it's just I I heard this. Um, Pete Sampson of the Athletic wrote this after the game, and I think it, it pretty much sums up what everyone is feeling. Notre Dame's identity now includes giving up 303 yards rushing to one of college football's least efficient run games. One of its standards now is getting blown out against a quarterback who completed six passes. Notre Dame's identity is that of a run game that's a surprise when it succeeds against high-level opponents. The Irish standard is a pass game with no vertical threat and little appetite to look for one. The gold standard. Yeah. Tough. (laughs) It's a very eloquent way of saying... Yeah, very poetic. Yeah. All right. Well... On, on that, that cheery note, to Virginia Tech, not that it matters. Not to ruin the fun fest. For the basement breakdown, faith. I yeah. think the hobby has become nihilist. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've, I've fallen from optimist to realist. Yeah. Also, I think, it, I think it matters in the sense that, like, when Notre Dame lost to Miami two years ago, they limped through the rest of the regular season. They beat Navy yeah. by, by a touchdown at home. They went to Stanford and lost by a ton. So I think that it would – I think it would show something if the team can refocus after that without the CFP being in play at all and build for the future. I think, I, I think, I think there's something – I think there's something there. I think the one thing I would say to that, though, is that Miami game, we only had three games left after that, and we were the number three seed in the college football playoff poll. So, like, everyone's hopes are really high. At this point in the season – our playoff chances were already kind of slim, even with Oklahoma losing to Kansas State. So I feel like there's not as much of a letdown. That's fair. But, yeah, I, I know what you mean. I, I, I agree with you that there is um, something to build on. But it is interesting, too. I was Earlier I was listening to Robert Hainsey's um, post-practice interview, and he, he said that their goal for the season the goal for the season is still a championship. And I just wanted to, like, reach through the computer and smack him in the face. Like, be, be realistic. Like, I get that you're graduating champions and you're getting winning national titles, but I'm like, be realistic about what your season is. I appreciate that you're optimistic and you want to continue to perform well on this stage. But, like, you know, you you're need to set your expectations. Yeah. Did he say Capital One Bowl champions? Or did he say... <laughs> I just don't want to play SMU or some group of five team in the playoff because then we have everything to lose we're gonna play like we're gonna play like kansas state yeah and it's not gonna be no i did see 
we the might. We, I have seen some people projecting we get a rematch with Michigan, which I would love to see. Oh, I saw Texas A&M as the one that has been thrown around. Of course, a lot can change in the right. span yeah. of five games. Um, yeah. I mean, I hope you go to the Cheez-It Bowl. I heard if you go to that, you get free Cheez-Its. So, I mean, what else Good takeaway. <laughs> All right. So, Virginia Tech, unranked, um, tied for third in the ACC Coastal. It's the most confusing division in yeah. all of Power 5. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's, like, a chance they – emerge from the chaos in there's the coastal, a, but like probably not. Someone said there's a legit chance you could have a seven way tie in the coastal. Oh man. There's been a different winner of the yeah. coastal the last six years. Um like six of the seven teams yeah. have won each one. And won. they do and they do have a six overtime win over North, North Carolina forty three forty one. I think North Carolina is actually pretty good. I so mean they I, took Clemson to the wire. Yeah. They beat um, they beat Duke twenty to seventeen. Yeah. Duke blew out Virginia Tech. 45 to 10. Yeah. Duke got blown. No, I think Duke got blown out by, yeah, they got blown out by Virginia 48 to 14. Virginia lost to Louisville 28 21, and Louisville narrowly beat Wake Forest 62 to 59. I need a pad of wow. paper for that transit. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's crazy in the ACC yeah. aside from Clemson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, although Virginia Tech has been modeled consistency, they made a bowl game every year since 1993. Oh, wow. We're good. Maybe we could be like Virginia Tech. <laughs> <laughs> the Notre Dame stand can only dream. Yeah. <laughs> we made a bowl game every year. <laughs> All right. Um, what is what's their quarterback's name again? It Hooker? was they, something like that. Redshirt uh, senior Ryan Willis was the starting quarterback. Yeah. And he right. like, he's got a sixty-one and a half percent completion percentage. I think they prefer they lo- the run game. They, they lost yeah. their season opener, thirty-five twenty-eight, to Boston College, <laughs> and he ended up getting benched after the forty-five ten loss to Duke. Um, for uh, who was it? Uh, so- redshirt sophomore um, Hendon Hooker, yeah, and then who's uh, Willis got back in against USC two weeks ago. They had a bye week last week, or UNC, and. Um, Willis got a, he got a concussion, so Hooker came back in. Um, so now they've got Hooker as the starting quarterback, but they've also got a redshirt freshman, Quincy Patterson, who's taking reps. So and Willis is out for good um, for sure. I, the yeah, I think he's out for this game. Just head coach Justin Fuente said that they would need him down the road, so it, it sounded like he's not going to play this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Notre Dame will be home. It might snow. I do think it'll be interesting. Not, I think we can all agree that this game is largely in favor of Notre Dame for a number of factors. But right. I do think the environment will come into play. I'm just looking at the numbers. They have not played in a stadium nearly as big as even ours. What's ours? 70, 80, 80-ish? 81, 80 Yeah, so their biggest one's 65 so far. And yeah. um, head coach Justin Fuente, someone asked him about Ian Book, and he described Book as someone who can hurt you with his legs, but but looks downfield. And at that point, I was like, okay, you're just not prepared because you haven't done any research. You haven't done your homework. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, so we'll see. Should be fun. Um, they have a – they're – well, the one thing is they've been plagued by injuries this season. Yeah. Um, their running backs are getting healthy, and their wide receivers are, like, all healthy for the first time all season. Mm-hmm. Um, Notre Dame's one area. It's basically going to have to be, like, the Virginia game, probably, if yeah. the offense plays like it did against Michigan, against, I mean, 
Virginia Tech's not as good defensively as Michigan, but um, the defense is going to have to make plays because right. their starting offensive line, the oldest guys are two redshirt sophomores, and they have like a true freshman at center. Mm. They'll have had two weeks off, um, which potentially should give them some rest, especially if Notre Dame had to play in that those conditions. And there was a lot of hype over last time these two teams met. Obviously, yeah. um, Blacksburg was insane from what I heard. But that – I think last year's Virginia Tech team was a lot better than this year's Virginia well, Tech I mean, team. Last year's team wasn't even that good. They and they weren't. Yeah. I think they, got, they still got beat pretty handily. Right. So yeah. I don't see that this one is even – I just okay. Someone close. asked Justin Fuente about, like, his team struggling off of bye weeks in his tenure. And they, like, were trying to, like, qualify the question. They were really, like, stretching it out. And, like, do you think your team will struggle at all? And he just went, No. Huh. And that was his whole answer. Yeah. <laughs> like he just did not want to f- like mess with play that yeah. game. We'll yeah. see what uh, the Notre Dame offensive line can do without Tommy Kramer. That's mm. obviously that's a huge, huge, loss. huge loss. Is it though? I mean, oh, oh I think so. I mean, our offensive line has been <laughs> disappointing, man. Oh, I mean, Hayden, if we're going to criticize Tommy Kramer, we're going to have to go one by one I mean, on the roster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, Kramer struggle. I mean, like, Eichenberg gets, like, all the false start penalties. But then Hainsey and Kramer are also getting a bunch of them, too. Oh, Kramer's a second team all I mean, American of the midseason. I'm glad that our, our offensive line is all coming back next year because they need the time to develop, honestly. I mean, it hurts to lose Kramer. Don't get me wrong, but, like – they're all, com- they're all coming back? They, they all could come back. Oh, okay. And yeah. I think they all should. Mm-hmm. So, uh, looking forward, Notre- the rest of Notre Dame season, got Virginia Tech, um, Duke, Navy, Boston College, Stanford. Um, no particularly, I don't know, no worries. I mean, besides the Stanford rivalry, obviously, and we haven't won it on the road at Stanford in how many years now? Like 2005 was the last time, I think. Okay. Yeah. So, but Stanford, and I'm not as confident about that game now. Yeah, no, definitely not. But Stanford is also not very good this no. year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, nothing like too too crazy. Um, I just think that if you don't go 10-2, and two, make the bowl game, and win the bowl game, the season's a failure at this point. Because yeah. you lost the two biggest games on your schedule. Yeah. And that's a, a like a really sad thing to realize. You couldn't beat either of the marquee teams, even if it was on the road. Mm. It is really unfortunate the second year in a row that a schedule that was built 10 years ago would be pretty difficult. just didn't pan out that way. Um, right. Virginia Tech, not good. Thank goodness. Stanford, not good. <laughs> um it's, you know, it's just too bad. Just that, the nature of college football anymore yeah, that you can't, yeah. 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 And, and unless you're playing Clemson, Alabama, LSU, yeah. and even then, you can't bank on all of those I mean, teams Florida being State at their level. At, in, in South Bend last year at night was, I'm sure when they scheduled it in 2007 or whatever Probably they scheduled like that, it, yeah. was supposed to be like the one versus two. Yeah, <laughs> even like before that. the season, I read a prediction that someone said Notre Dame would lose that game. But they would then they would play Florida State in the national championship and beat them in a rematch. Now this person was obviously <laughs> like, yeah, but still yeah. like Florida State was expected to be really good even bef- like right before the season yeah. started. I last mean, year. I just I've said it before. I was saying it again. I just have so many issues with the mind games and the like obscure predictions that we make in the off season. Like, <laughs> what is this top twenty five preseason yeah. ranking? Nobody yeah. cares. Like. 
give me the college football playoff rankings at week 10 and don't give me anything else. Mm. Before it just builds up a lot of unnecessary hype. Connor, you did write a sports authority about how the AP poll does matter, but it is stupid, you said, but it does matter. No, I think, yeah, I think we've gotten to the point now with the college football ranking where it's like, oh, like, the rankings don't even matter anyway. They're going to eat. They're, everyone's going. The SEC is going to beat each other up, whatever. And I, I agree to a certain extent, but like I think it does matter because we judge strength of schedule based on like the it's AP. Very, very true. And then like we, we, we also sort of use that. I mean, it, it definitely just like affects the national narratives about teams, which has to have an effect on the committee. And but but it's so unclear how the AP judges things. Like I, LSU is number one now. Thank goodness. I th- I think they should have been number one three weeks ago. Yeah. Like, yeah. So. It's just so unclear to me how they do I things. think you can forget about them talk. I mean, they're going to talk about expanding the playoff, but I think you can forget yeah. about it legitimately being a conversation because Oklahoma lost. Right now, I think the top four right now gets into the playoff. LSU, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. If LSU were to lose yeah, a close game at Alabama and then run the table the rest of the way, they'd be, they'd be in my CFP. Yeah, because they have well, yeah. much better in a wins. Weird, in a weird way, the loser of the LSU-Alabama matchup, like – Obviously, it's more risky to lose, but like, has it kind of easy because they're not going to have to play in the SEC championship game, assuming the winner runs the table, and Unless they're probably somehow, still going to get it. Like, in. if Georgia somehow no, because even I mean, Georgia if they won the the SEC championship and they had only one loss, then I think maybe of course it's still a risk, but I think the winner of Alabama. There's LSU two SEC Georgia. teams in the playoff. Right? The thing about yeah. Alabama is that they don't have the wins that LSU has. Now, of course, they're Alabama. But yeah, they're yeah. Really you're going to get the benefit of the doubt, even if yeah. you lose to LSU, because two is not going to be. Oh, 100%. absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I think that LSU, just with their resume, is like, an, in my opinion, a no doubt at eleven and one. Oh yeah. Bama, I think, depending on how things break, could invite some discussion. LSU also has the. Joe Burrow for Heisman going for them like that always helps to have yeah. a Heisman candidate in the play in the going into the playoff discussion. Whereas like two because of the injuries you can't. Really yeah, play. like the way that the season is playing out, I feel like Oklahoma's out of the playoff because this loss to Kansas State is much worse than a loss to Texas in the Red River oh, rivalry yeah. last year. Yeah, that you mm-hmm. you can't Texas, make up. As I mean, much. Kansas State had like the worst offense in the Big Twelve, and I think they're like the num- maybe not the worst. They were like number nine in the Big Twelve in total offense, and Oklahoma gave up forty eight points to them. I mean, yeah, there's no way Oklahoma will make it. It's what happened to Ohio State last year. They got yeah. by Purdue, and yeah. they were completely out of the conference. Oregon plays Utah, though, this week, right? Pac-12 <laughs> playoffs, man. I don't know. I could see, like, Oregon nah. sneaking in there. You never know. Because Ohio State, we're assuming they went out. You never know. Ohio State could lose to Penn State. And then, the way that Oregon choked against Auburn, like, blowing a big lead, I, even I mean, if it's the first game of the I season. I would argue that Oregon hasn't been good since Marcus Mariota left. Well, that yeah. is We've become almost so, like, we're assuming chalk. But, like, this totally week good. proves, like, Oklahoma losing to I mean you could always, I guess you can expect an Oklahoma upset because they've been prone to that but like to Kansas State of all teams like yeah, you never know but even so what could happen like, to Ohio State you never know what could happen and to Ohio State plays Penn State and Michigan back to back exactly yeah so, yeah but you could argue that Michigan like Ohio, I mean Michigan will be it might even be a tougher game than and Penn it's State. At the Michigan's house. okay yeah. Michigan's game plan against Notre Dame is not going to work against Ohio State no no I'm not saying I well I don't think not necessarily I don't think the Notre Dame unless there's another monsoon I don't think but. that game said anything about Michigan Michigan I think it said everything about Notre Dame I'm just saying that I think because of that Ohio State Michigan matchup on the road at Ann Arbor I mean to assume that that's going to be chalk and Ohio State's going to walk into yeah the, but I think and, and not to get into an Urban Meyer discussion getting rid of Urban Meyer I feel like was a little freeing for Ohio State okay, Ryan okay. Day has been a bit of a revelation okay. as a head coach interesting so I think okay. they're they're better equipped to handle those kinds of challenges okay one thing I'd say about the CFP, too, it's important to remember, is that there's a pretty significant recency bias when it gets to yeah. Oregon. Oh, for sure. So Oregon, you know, if they are 12-1, and 1, 
if you want, if you're going to lose a game, the first week is the time. Right. Exactly. That's true. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And Auburn's a good opponent. Yeah. 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 Well, all right. We could we, before we do our predictions and wrap up. If anyone has factor fictions, we could get into those. Of course, I know that's a fan favorite. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll do one real quick, just because before you were talking about uh, Hayden, I, you said something about like unless you go ten and two and win a bowl game, whatever it was successful season. My factor fiction would be that the season's already a failure. And I, I know we talked about expectations and stuff, but I just think this season's a failure because if Notre Dame had one goal this year that was beyond the obvious goal of making the college football playoff, I think it should have been to like, it should have been to prove to like, to prove to the world that they deserve to be in that playoff last year after everyone questioned them and prove to them that like, it wasn't a mistake. They're not frauds. Like they are on this, this national elite level. And no matter what Notre Dame does for the rest of the season, whatever bowl game they win, if they win out, they won't change the national narrative that they're, that they're frauds after that loss to Michigan. Like, there's just no way that every – and that certainly has an effect on how the committee looks at teams. I think it naturally does. Like, you can't just – I know they have their criteria, but to say that you could just shut out the noise, I don't think you can. And, like, now no matter what Notre Dame does, they can't reverse. The, everyone will remember this Notre Dame season as losing 45-14 to Michigan in a rainstorm. Yeah, I heard – Someone say that um, the worst part about that loss is that it makes Notre Dame irrelevant nationally. Yeah. Like Notre Dame's success during the season is defined by if they're in the playoff discussion when the first poll comes out, mm-hmm. basically. Um, that said, Notre Dame hasn't won like of a high profile bowl in a couple of decades, like a New yeah. Year's Six Bowl. So we're even though they. No, I think we are. If we go 10 and 2, we are because we're Notre Dame. That Our name. Yeah, some money and stuff. But I think like now that. I think now that the playoff format has truly taken over, like bowl games mean so much less, and like that's even, true. And the way that people look at bowl games are kind of just like I mean, they're arbitrary. A lot, of, a lot of top players don't want to play in bowl games, yeah, and understandably so. Like that's a whole different discussion, but like even so, I would say just the fact that we haven't won a New Year's Six bowl in so long that if we get there and we win one, um, I think you break even on the season. No, I'm going to say fact, because if Notre Dame's goal is, like, this overarching idea of becoming one of those programs, like Alabama, like Clemson, like Ohio State, then that goal was just not achieved this season, and it was a step back from last year. Um, even, like, getting blown out in the Cotton Bowl, we, less, we lost by less than Alabama did. Um, by one so, point less. <laughs> yeah, but still, like, if the goal is for Notre Dame to kind of go from being on the bubble to being in this discussion of one of the best teams in the country. I think that, I think that we did not achieve that goal. So I would agree that the season is a failure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I got one factor fiction. Here we go. Uh, Just factor fiction. Notre Dame drops another game this season. And I think fact, I think they probably will honestly. (laughs) Yeah. Like you include a bowl game. Um, no regular season. Okay. They end the the season nine and three at the best. I kind of think they do. I mean, the way that some of the guys have been playing and, and now this emotional letdown, I feel like some guys are just going to be yeah. really disappointed that, that we're – Yeah, this isn't the, this isn't the yeah. win you bounce back from with a vengeance like the Georgia yeah. win. Yeah, like, I, is, also, I, I also think they do, I think they are a little upset after the Michigan loss, and I think they bounce back somewhat against Virginia Tech because Virginia Tech's not exactly Interesting. a great team. So but I think, think you, about how the Virginia game went after the Georgia loss. But they did not good? come out the way I expected them to after that loss. Yeah, yeah but the, the, the defense eventually stepped up in that game. So I, I think Stanford will be problematic just in general. I don't yeah, like – you know, history. 
The other one that always makes me nervous. Navy. 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 Uh, you only get like six possessions in a game. Yeah. yeah. Triple the triple option, the so run annoying. game. And they're actually pretty good. And this it's year, just Navy that they're always <laughs> yeah. yeah, I I I'm nervous about that. Right. That's totally fair, yeah. I have, one, I have one quick one on the theme of our discussion earlier. Sure. Fact or fiction, Ian Book takes the first snap for the Irish in the 2020 season. Oh. Uh, uh, their first game of the and season. I will say fact. Is, I'm going to say fact. I'm going to say unfortunately fact. I, uh, <laughs> like, I'm not saying it, it will be the case that, you know, they get, rid, they get rid of Book. I just think it should be the case. Well, because mostly I don't. They're not going to get rid of Kelly. Their first game is against the Navy in Ireland. That doesn't help me at all. Yeah, um, I'm going to say fact because if you're Ian Book, like, no offense, what else do you have to do? You're not going yeah, to NFL. I don't think like, he's, he's not coming well back. Or he, he's get, definitely coming back. You might yeah. as well get paid to get another degree, yeah. especially with this new NCAA legislation. Like, he can make Well, so that doesn't go into effect, though, until uh, – January 2020. Okay, well, well there's, he still doesn't lose anything. Or 2021. By, yeah, what is he going to go work in? Well, some he's got some yeah. job? Like, I, I don't know. I just can't believe you would like be like, yep, this is the guy, this is who we're going with. Yeah. <laughs> it's like so wild to me. But yeah. but yeah, I would say. I mean, basically at this point, and, and oh. someone said, you know, you don't really do this, but basically you're preparing for the Clemson game in November next year. Oh, what a yeah. disaster. Um, all right, so. Unless Ellen or Charlotte, do you have fact or fiction? No fact or fiction for me. I've done my fair share of talking today. Okay. Um, so let's get into our predictions. Uh, I can start it off. Um, I'm an LSU fan the rest of the season. Uh, I, I really, I <laughs> what really, a bandwagon. I really, yeah. Oh, yeah. Full bandwagon. I, I, love, I, hope that I love LSU. I, I, hope, Tigers. I hope that bandwagon doesn't end up like the Sooner Schooner for you. Oh, yikes. Oh, yeah. yeah, so I'm, I am – Really looking forward to the Alabama LSU matchup in two weeks. Um, I think LSU is gonna gonna do some damage. And uh, but as far as the game this weekend, <laughs> <laughs> tell us more. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I like I said, I don't think Notre Dame is very good. I wouldn't be shocked if we saw a close game here. Uh, I I think Notre Dame will, will win because, like we've talked about, Virginia Tech isn't very good, um, and Notre Dame is home. So I'm going to say Notre Dame wins 21-14, and I'm going to say it's probably close for the majority of the game. All right, I'll go next. Um, I'm going to slightly adjust my prediction that I sent in to you guys, but um, I think that this team is going to come back, and I think they're going to respond better than – I think they're going to respond. Um, I also think it's hard to draw any conclusions from Saturday's matchup, unless they fall flat on their face, just because Virginia Tech isn't that good. I don't think you can come away if we blow them out and say that you know Notre Dame's back by any means. Um, I think that the defense is going to step up. I think that they got humiliated against Michigan. I think they have a lot more pride than that. Um, so this one is Notre Dame 31, Virginia Tech 14. It's funny. You have the same right on the spread. We have the same prediction. I didn't um, even notice that. Sorry. Because, uh, I, uh, I mean, we've talked about it all. Justin Fuente's terrible analysis of Ian Book, um, wanting some payback after Michigan, even though offense was very disappointing, and so I've, I've lowered my expectations for them. But even so, I think, and, and even if it's going to snow Saturday, which there's a chance of it, yay South Bend, um, I think uh, I think Notre Dame comes back and, and gets a win, 31-14. Yeah, I think a little bit of letdown – is coming here. I, I think that on the heels of that Michigan game, just and I know that it wasn't quite the same level of, of letdown, but just seeing the way that the team responded to losing to Miami my sophomore year, 
two years ago, I should say. It wasn't everyone's sophomore year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think some letdown's coming. I don't think Virginia Tech is good enough to really punish the Irish for coming out flat. So I think that Notre Dame wins. But I think the Irish come out slow. I think it's close at halftime. I think it's close the whole way. Um, I'll take Notre Dame 24-17. to 17. Yeah, I mean, pretty much echo what you guys all just said. Like, I don't think Virginia Tech is good enough to pull this off. Um, but I'm just generally upset with Notre Dame for making me suffer the way I suffered on Saturday. And it would have been fine if maybe it had been a good, good football game. But just to watch that absolute garbage was just <laughs> so frustrating to me. So I just, yeah, I, I think the rest of this season is a wash. I think we'll drop another one, but I don't think it's going to be this week. Um, Notre Dame 35, Virginia Tech 17. Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> All right. With that, we'll be back next week to trash Kirk Herb Street. <laughs> yeah, I can't even say anything to him this week, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs>